And now, making their way into the arena, hailing from the great pro wrestling state of Massachusetts, they are the hosts of the Top of the Cage podcast. Here are Bill and Juice. And thank you again, Rich Palladino, the voice of New England, always making us sound so good. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is I... I am the super producer. I am Bill, joined always by my tag team partner, my wrestling confidant. He is the future booking genius and the prince of pro wrestling podcasts. He is Justin Juice Cannon. Boom. Boom, baby. Juice, at the time of release of this podcast episode, we are going to be a week removed from AEW Revolution. And I think overall, that was a very strong show for them. I know we've talked in the podcast in the past few weeks about AEW's getting a little less hot than WWE, especially with WrestleMania season coming around the corner. But with Revolution being one of their biggest pay-per-views of the year, being them AEW, I think that they did a pretty good job with them. Yeah, I thought it was really good. I think it was the first pay-per-view that they had in a while that I was really invested in. And that's including the Double or Nothing I went to. Like, yeah, it really... um, There was only one match I didn't like. And that's the Wardlow-Joe match, which is strange because huge Joe fan. And I I was a huge fan of Wardlow. I'll start off with that because I wanted to just takeaways. I think this is the match that... I've been really high in Warlow, as have you, and I know you probably still are, and that's fair. We both love Meanie Man, and I think Warlow is such a great athlete, and he's not like a bad promo. He's 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 good. He's good, but I just I went from thinking that he is a clear cut future main event star to thinking that all he is is a mid carder to me, and it's I think it's just the past year. He definitely turned it around for me, but this is an example of me souring on the guy that I used to like. And it's just that he keeps missing both his big pay-per-view matches and big TV matches to me. He's just not hitting. I think he's getting a little sloppy in the ring. I just not invested in him as I used to be. And I really am rooting. As we're recording, Dynamite's tonight, and he's fighting Hobbs for the title. I really want Hobbs to beat him. I am invested in Hobbs. I'm still in the Hobbs train. I used to like Wardlow a lot more than Hobbs, but now it's the other way around completely. So go Hobbs. Yeah, I think that's also definitely rightfully deserved for Hobbs winning. Why is the name of the thing eluding me at this point? Face of the Revolution. Yeah, Face Um, of the Revolution ladder match. And he has that big brass ring. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's definitely rightfully deserved, and I do agree with you. Um, I also feel bad for Wardlow's car got broken into and all the shit got stolen. Hate when that happens. So especially, I feel like it happens to wrestlers more often than not. But I, I actually agree with you though. I think I went from Wardlow being like the next Batista to Wardlow being in a situation where his career is not progressing. And yeah, he's been TNT champion multiple times, but they, they. They have just been so bad with the TNT championship. I just really feel like they're playing hot potato with it. And that just 
it can be done right. You can hot potato a title, sure, but they just do it so poorly. And I don't know. I I am a little sour on Wardlow too. I'm not going to act like I'm not. But one person I'm high on, and I'm very happy that they got a win, is Ricky Starks. And I totally expected there to be like some fucky shit because Appreciation Society was banned from ringside. But Ricky Starks got the win. And uh, I hope that it means maybe we get him versus MJF too. We'll talk maybe a little bit more about that in the next upcoming segments, but I don't know. I, I just want Ricky Starks to do so much better him and Hobbs. I know when, when they had their match, we talked about it at the time, but they're two of the brightest stars in AEW right now, young brightest stars. And I just really hope that they continue to build and grow. And I don't know, let's, let's see some, some momentum come out here for Starks. It's tough to really imagine where he goes next with this. I really hope he's done with JS. JS is known for these long, 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 never-ending storylines. Just end this. I was never invested in this from the get-go. I want Ricky doing working with someone a lot more interesting. I don't need him and Chris Jericho. Uh, I don't need him with any of the JS right now, to be honest. I mean, if him and Garcia had like a legit feud, that would be cool, but like not a JAS feud, just him and Garcia. There's really only two paths that seem likely for Starks. One is him and Hobbs for the title, which I don't, like you said, I don't want hot potato. I don't want hot potato title. As much as Ricky Starks beating Hobbs for the title would be cool, I don't need that right now. I want Hobbs to have a pretty lengthy reign. Like, I want him to set the record or get close. Who's had it the longest? Maybe Miro, and that was six months. I liked them longer than that. Ricky, and then the other one is Ricky versus MJF too. That would be cool, but oh no, I I think I'd want, I don't know who I'd want to win that. I think I'd be happy with either result, to be honest. Maybe lean toward Ricky, go with Ricky, MJF. I don't think really needs the title to be a star. He's a star no matter what. He's like, Seth Rollins is WWE. He doesn't need a title. He can just put on bangers, just be attraction, always draw reactions from the crowd. Like he doesn't need it. So if if Ricky beat him even this early in his reign, I I have no issues with it. But if Ricky lost to him again, there's worse things. As long as they rebound the right way, because I think that's a I think that's walking in eggshells there. If he loses to him twice in a row, yeah. Um, another takeaway from the event is that MGF Danielson match was beautiful. It was really good match. They're awesome. They're two of the best. MGF is one of the best around today. So is Danielson, but Danielson has been the best since he's been around dude's a legend dude's one of the greatest of all time uh i love danielson i don't want him to retire anytime soon because he just entertains me so much he is the man yes yes i did realize that as great a match it is i'm not huge on um 60 minute matches it's so hard to be engaged for an hour they're not my favorite gimmicks even the best ones, like I'm like this, I know it's a great match. And when I rate it, like I'll rate that 4.5 out of five. And I know most people like 4.75 out of five. I think the only reason I don't go lower, because I, I like 
I want to go lower because they just don't keep my attention enough. But I know I can't do that to this match. It was it was really well done. Like the way that MJF worked his knee injury throughout, Danielson worked his injury throughout. Uh, the way they just their facial expressions and this the genuine like hate that they sh- displayed. So good, so good. We all knew MJF was gonna win, but I, I think they did it in a interesting way and i think they protected danielson but seeing him tap out i didn't see that coming too but i kind of liked it i kind of liked the finish uh awesome awesome main event even though i'm not a big 60 minute iron man match it was still a really well done match i agree it was a great match i really like also that danielson uh succumbed to the yes chance at one point too because it's let's be honest brian danielson that's going to be associated with you for the rest of your career and there's no escaping it. It was fucking over. Play into it. Be happy that you got something over like that. Literally a simple one word, the simplest word almost in the English language you got over. So be happy. Succumb to it, my boy. Succumb. Speaking of succumbing, Adam Page and John Moxley kicked the shit out of each other, <laughs> to put it lightly. Buckets of blood. So much barbed wire. So many crazy spots. Both of those men went out there and killed it. And I think Meltzer said it best where he's like, I'm not a huge fan of death matches, but man, was that a good match? And I'd agree. This is a very divisive match, which these matches when AEW is their hardcore pay-per-view matches, um, they, they always are. Well, almost. I, I know the stadium, the Anarchy in the Arena match from Double Nothing last year. Everyone just loved that. I didn't really see any hate of that. But most of the time when they do like hardcore matches, like these death matches, and they're like, just leaking faucets of just buckets of blood um there's people just like that's disgusting that's a disgrace the wrestling there's other people like it's badass man i am in the party of it's badass man give me that shit because i just grew up in the days of just sean michaels and eddie guerrero covered in crimson masks and triple h so i i like it and we don't get that in wwe anymore and I love that AEW still does and gives him that. Um, I, I don't like that John Moxley has to bleed under three minutes in every single match he does, but I do still like the Crimson Mass. And I like that he does that for us. And um, he's a, he, I know I, I shit on him a lot, but he's a great entertainer. I have nothing but respect for him. And I do acknowledge that he's a good wrestler. He's just not, the John Moxley characters aren't my cup of tea, but I do know that he's very, very good. And, is very deserving of being an upper carter. I think he showed it in this match, and so did Hangman. I think this is one of the many matches where AEW backed their homegrown talent, their originals, and I love that so much. With Ricky getting a win, Hangman getting the win, MGF obviously retaining, and also Jungle Boy getting that huge win after Christian. I was kind of... I don't know why I was just waiting for something screwy to happen again and it didn't. And I really liked the result. And that was a, I know not everyone's talking about the match that too much, but I actually, I liked it. I like goofy gimmicky old school matches like that. So yeah, but the hangman match. Um, awesome. People can stab this forks. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Um, awesome. Awesome. I, I like, I like a good death match. So Really well done match. One point I just want to make about the Jungle Boy match, though, is how silly 
the uh, coffin looked when it dropped. I I just want to mention that briefly because it was really? I loved it. Hokey. Uh, it was so I loved hokey. it so much. It was so I, hokey. That, I think that's why I loved it. Like I I called it a silly little gimmick match, and when it dropped and the smoke rose. I actually popped. <laughs> I was like, I like this. I know it'll get shit, but I, I and I think that was probably one of my favorite moments of the pay-per-view. I fucking loved it. I loved that drop. I didn't expect it to drop. I thought it would just, you know, close and be there. And that it fell on her stage. I think that was cool. I loved it. Oh, Bill, come on. <laughs> Teach their own, teach their own. But the last thing I want to talk about from Revolution is, of course, the title change that we had. The only title change, or the second title change that we had, first of the night, though. And that was the House of Black now holds the Trios Tag Team Championships. And that is so rightfully deserved. They have been killing it. House of Black is on fire. The Elite needs to move back to being the Young Bucks being a tag team and Kenny Omega being a single star because they need they need single stars right now. And yeah. I, I'm very happy with that result. Thought the match was all right too. And uh, I'm very excited to see what the House of Black does as Trios champions. It was a good spot fest match. I think uh, AW, I'm not big on the spot fest, but I do think it's, it is a W staple to have at least one. And it's usually a Trios match and it's usually House of Black um, that's involved in that. I love that they're finally being booked as this unstoppable force. It took too long to get there. Them like losing matches. Like as much as I love Dark Order, when Dark Order beat them in the tournament, I was kind of just rip shit. <laughs> as much as I love John Silver and as much as I love them, I was pissed. And then when House of Black kind of went and there was the Black Talks and then him leaving and stuff. But then when they came back and they were like, scary and ominous like but in a different way this time and they felt like it felt like tony kong really listened to the fans and i hope he keeps doing that and gives us this one of the most dominant title reigns i want i want people to be afraid of him i think what you're saying though juice is is a good lead into the next thing about tony Khan giving us what we want and that is double or nothing is coming next for aew what are some possible dream matches for you that you want to see on the card? I know one for me, and it's really like the only one I could think of right now. Yeah. Um, on Twitter, I made like a whole post, but like a possible double or nothing. And I, it was like 11 matches. I'm not going to say 11 matches. Like I'm going to say one match. There's really only one match that I want to talk about and wanted to say on the podcast. And it's MJF in the press conference talked about the four pillars. Four pillars always comes up. We've seen triple threat, well, well, one triple threat AW World Championship match on a pay-per-view. We haven't seen a fatal four-way. I kind of want a four pillars match now that all four are really hitting the stride right now. Like Jungle Boy got huge win. Darby is, well, I mean, not used at, when he you lost You can always Joe. book Darby. You can always yeah, book Darby. But he's, he's, still, he's still looking pretty strong. She was superstar, one of our most popular stars. And of course, uh, Sammy too. I think a fatal four-way championship match between the four of them would be a, a banger. And I think it's something they should do. Even if, it, if it's not for the title, at some point, I think it's a match that has to happen and be on a pay-per-view and have a pretty good build. And just, I think it would feel really important if people are like, oh, I don't know if that's a world championship match. I disagree. I, th- I think it is. I think... Darby is a big enough star that 
I think he's very deserving of being the world champ. I'm not the biggest Darby guy, but that's mainly because I just cringe because I just, uh, he just, you know, he's nuts. And, you know, when they got hurt, have it just be paralyzed his whole career, but he's awesome. And um, Jungle Boy, the development he's had over the past year is remarkable. And I think he's also proven that he actually can be a upper card and not just a high mid card. Still think he has work to do, but I do think he's deserving at least giving given a huge chance a main event match like that in a fatal four way and then sammy sammy i think is just charismatic and uh a, a really good heel and i think having the two big heels and the two big face in the fatal four way would be an awesome match and i just really want to see this happen this is definitely um i i know it's weird not having a dream match with like a danielson or mox in it but this is the one i want the most sorry no, I, I think, and I completely agree with you. I saw you post that and I completely agreed with you. I think that's such an interesting, unique concept. All four guys are hot right now. And I think all four, well, Darby is Darby and, and Sammy. I know we, you touched on briefly, but you can make them hot. They're always going to be fan favorites. Guevara as a heel, Darby as a face. And yeah, I think that's good. The other one I was thinking of too is, is um, now that Hangman got a big win. I'd like to see Hangman kind of just be back in the world title picture. Um, I, you know, it's, it's definitely been a while since his world title reign. And, you know, we've had a handful of champions since then. And, you know, maybe it's time, maybe it's time to, to, uh, get hangman back on the horse now that he's found this mean streak in him. This has been a long year of AW. It's weird that it's under 11 months that he held the title last. (laughs) It's felt longer than that. And well, there's been, what, lying. three champions since then? <laughs> yeah, what, like, Punk's held it twice. John Moxley's held it a couple times. It's been, yeah, you're right. I think there's been three champions since. Crazy. Weird. So, yeah, that's that's another one I'd like to see, too. Just now that Hangman has that win over Mox, you know, let's see him get back in that main event picture. And speaking of main eventer juice, because I want to touch on this quick, um, I know you put on our sheet about Jay White. Nah, his New Japan deal is over. I wonder if he'll be at WrestleMania. <laughs> I feel like AEW might be a more realistic place for him, but WWE apparently is high on him. So I'd love to see him come to the uh, the Fed, as they used to be called. Reportedly, WWE is the favorites to land him. I know he's had, he's already been in the AEW three times. I think he will, he'd want to probably lean toward WWE. I know a lot of people are worried. They're like, oh, they'd bury him. I'm like, I don't know. He's a pretty huge star. Look at they AJ didn't... Styles. Look at Finn Balor. Literally, I was guys about to say, the same look career at... path. I'm saying like the other two Bullet Club guys are successful. And Cody Rhodes, I, I, too. Yeah, yeah. Cody Rhodes. That's another one. I, 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 yeah, I agree with you. I think he would succeed here. I think he probably would have a couple world title reigns. I think he him just think of the magic i I think jay white versus seth rollins would definitely happen pretty early in his signing and i think that would when triple h and them watch that match they'd be blown away and so would the fans and it would cement jay white being pushed huge so yeah Plus, give those guys like a 10-minute segment on the go-home before the pay-per-view and just let them have an open mic and just let them fucking cut promos on each other. Oh, 
the fans Dude. will be behind that match for sure going into it. Yeah. Jay White is a phenomenal promo. And obviously Rollins is a master of everything. And so is Jay White. But um, yeah, oh, that would be such a beautiful program. And I, I think we're going to get it. I, I, I'm convinced, you know, big Jay White fan. Him and WWE would be awesome. WrestleMania, that's when I'm hoping he's going to come. But I feel like the Raw after WrestleMania may be a little more likely. But um, we'll see. We'll see. If it would be so sick if like I just don't know how they do it in WrestleMania. I'm trying I I've been like thinking about how he would debut and it kind of makes more sense on it to be Raw because I feel like Rollins and Paul would be done after that point. So like if Rollins is talking shit on Raw and Paul won't come out, but wait White does, that'd be a good way to do it. But in WrestleMania, I don't think he would attack after the Paul match. But I don't know. Uh who knows? It, plus I'm acting like him and Seth Rollins would be the guaranteed feud, but we know it's him and Dexter Loomis. So who knows? I don't think it'll be that, but yeah, I we'll see. There's something random. We'll see. I think Roth WrestleMania definitely is good, but I don't think they're going to go to the well twice in terms of touting. There's going to be a big new person on the scene at WrestleMania against Seth Rollins for that matter too. And I don't think they're going to do that again, but WWE has surprised me before, and apparently Vince McMahon rocking a mustache was in Gorilla during Raw this week. So, And Juice, to wrap up our episode tonight, we want to do a little uh, own self-plug here. So for those of you who do not follow us on the YouTube channel, we do a lot of YouTube content. We release a single, or not episode, we release a single video every Friday, and it typically has something to do with some of the old segments of our podcast, things like the PJRs, things like Youngstead Spotlights, and of course, Mount Rushmore's. We're almost known for Mount Rushmore's at this point in our career. And one of the things that we wanted to do on this episode was to talk about the the new thing that we've been doing recently the thing that i had an idea of not too long ago and that is to rank wrestling songs i feel like i gave it a name and i don't actually remember the name of it right now but uh what we do is we are going to be saying five wrestling theme songs from history and they are both a combination of new old fresh and bold wrestling theme songs and we're going to rank them one through five and it's a completely subjective list. Don't get mad at us. If you do get mad at us, let us know on Twitter and you'll find out where to find us on Twitter. Not too soon after this. So Juice, the five theme songs we have tonight are Eddie Guerrero's Viva La Raza WWE theme, Booker T's Can You Dig It WWE theme, Sucker. Brock Lesnar's Next Big Thing WWE theme, which is interesting. I, I, it's interesting Brock never had a new theme in WWE, but don't don't fix what ain't broken, right? Chris Jericho's AEW theme, Judas, which is a banger. I listened to that song. That was my most listened to song of Spotify in 2022. And MVP's I'm Coming WWE theme, which is, as always, a banger. I think these are five tough theme songs to rank here. So, Juice, what's coming in at your number five? I remember last time we did this, I said the five were all any given day would be number one. I think for this, that's true for four of them. And the one that comes in at five, I actually probably would have five every time. And I think it's good. I actually like it. Like I, uh, when we haven't seen this man in a while and this plays, I pop, I pop, man. I, I, I nod my head. 
And when I'm live and I'm seeing this man live, actually, I don't think I've ever seen this man live. So, but if I did, I'd definitely react to the song. Uh, it's next big thing. Brock Lesnar's song is my five. Um, I do like a good acapella, but it's it's not my favorite song, but it's a good one. I completely so. agree with you. That's for sure my five. The like the guitar riff at the beginning is good, but then it's just like don't, 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 don't. It does that for the rest of it. So it's like, <laughs> that's all it is. <laughs> I know one thing we discussed was how much it has like in history and like, you know, the the nostalgia pop it gets and just the general crowd pop it gets. But like, it, it's just so plain and boring compared to the rest of them. Now, what do you put at four? Like I said, this is where it gets extremely difficult. These are, I think... three of these are some of my most played on spotify like i play them like five times a day uh the other one i love just as much even though i don't play it as much but i think my four here is i'm coming by mvp i love it uh mvp can can rap man he has so many good songs like not just this one like his other ww song um a couple tna songs not WWE song. Uh, no, he does. He does have another one. I, um, maybe when he, he debuted, he, he he did. He definitely does because I have it in a playlist. Um, I um, only it's a it's a minor one. Numbers. It's it's not like I I think they it, they scrapped it pretty quickly. I sing along with all time. Fly with fly like a pelican. Pelican is one of my favorite lines of a theme song. Yeah, that's my four though. Um, because the the three next are just goaded in my eyes. I would agree with that, and I would agree that I'm coming comes at number four for me. Is listen, Montel. It's a great song. It is a great theme. The old entrance was awesome with it. Uh, like the all of it is great. It really is a great song. But when you're comparing it to Judas, can you dig it in Viva La Raza? Historically, it just doesn't hold up. And it's weird saying that after putting big thing at five, but yeah. Now what's going to be three? Cause this is really tough for me. I don't actually know what I'm going to put at three yet. Before I say my three, I just want to say I found the um, other thong. It, it's, it's a baller's anthem. That does nothing to me or for how oh, it's great. I love, I, I think both of the songs are awesome, but uh, I'm coming. It's better. I'll, I'll give it that. All right. Um, my number three is it's Judas. Um, I think this I always sing along while I'm watching TV or I listen to songs so often, but the reason it's three is just that I think I'll get to it when I get to my number two, but there I can't really go into it without spoiling my number two, to be honest. So I'll just leave it at that. Number three is Judas. Awesome song. Sing along value. Uh, value is just always there. They'll never get old. So I'm going to put Can You Dig It as my number three. Uh, great theme song. But similar to the Brock Lesnar argument, after the intro, it's just the same thing looped over and over again. And it has great nostalgia value. It really, truly does have great nostalgia value. And I love the Can You Dig It? Sucker, and then the burn, 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 burn. like that is pretty good. It's not like it's not good, but uh, I feel like 
looking back on history, the other two are just one is current, yeah, but it's just gonna it's just gonna hold historical value. So I'm curious to hear what your number two is now. My number you can, two is you can say your one while you're at it, I guess. Yeah. Uh number two is can you dig it? Why did I put this ahead of Judas? Uh, it's mainly because of the nostalgia because Booker T is my first wrestling action figure. Booker T is like my first like favorite wrestler. Um, and it's really a lot has to do with this song and the spin rooney, <laughs> which go hand in hand. Yeah, I, I just love it. And like I was playing it today. Well, like right before the podcast, just on a loop just uh, never ending i know it's it's already on loop but i just played it probably five times in succession waiting to get started here uh, i love it so much i don't know why i know like you said it's just a loop it's not like an actual song like judas is but it's so damn catchy i love it so much and i love booker t and it just gets me hyped it gets me excited i mean you hear me talk and i'm excited it just makes me happy number one though it's it's easy that wide pick this song he's my favorite wrestler all time this is just such a good song i sing along in my car i'm just like all the ladies want me now i cheat i steal uh it's just so good it's just a goaded song it's it's a classic it will never go out of style it makes me laugh. It makes me sing. It makes me happy. It makes me sad because then I remember that Eddie Grinnell's not with us anymore. It's just a roller coaster emotions. And it is a great song. It is truly a great song. And that is why it's going to be my number two. The entrance too, like the, the low rider, the, the popping up and down, the a la, a chi, a steal. Just so good. So good. And the song is good. It really played to the Eddie character so well. And it's sad for me to like try and think of the nostalgia pop for it because we're never going to get it. I'm hoping like one day Dom comes out to it just to like be a fucking little prick, but it, it won't happen. It's not going to happen. Which leads me to my number one, my most played song of 2022. And that is Judas. Now you're going to be like Bill. You're putting Judas above literally two of the greatest, probably three, if not four, of the greatest WWE theme songs that ever existed. Why? AEW, in my opinion, is synonymous with the end of Chris Jericho's career. And whether Chris Jericho is going to end his career actually with AEW or not, we don't actually know the answer to that. But there's been one consistent from day one of AEW today now of AEW and that is Chris Jericho being a feature on the show the crowd loves this theme song no matter where Chris goes what city what town what arena that crowd is singing along to Judas and you can tell that Chris Jericho is having the best time of his life doing it too and I love singing Judas I have sang Judas I I it, to me the the moment that I think that put Judas as the goat for me, goat AEW theme song at least, it's definitely the best theme song AEW history, no doubt in my mind. Was the was the match with MJF with Chris Jericho and MJF banned 
Chris Jericho from coming out to Judas and the crowd just sang it. Like that moment gives me chills. I'm getting chills even thinking of it right now. It's just, it's, it's a testament to the theme that it's so good. The crowd is willing to sing it when the performer cannot come out to it. And I, again, it's, it's definitely the best AEW theme song that's existed so far in its life. I think that it's going to be a song that's synonymous with Chris Jericho's wrestling career long after AEW, long after his time with AEW. And anytime he shows up in AEW after he retires with that theme song, that crowd's going to be singing right along with it. For sure. It's the goaded AEW song. Um, really only two like goaded songs have come out. I mean, there's some I like there, but so far right now, like two, two really popular songs have come out of AEW. One is in WWE now and it's, it's not as good as judas but yeah singing along with that song live is awesome hearing it on tv saying i mean heal or face it's getting sung it doesn't matter what he is what his current gimmick is um his aw runs not my favorite of his runs through his career but it's still memorable and it's mainly because the song <laughs> such a good song and i mean he has a, a memorable moments too definitely instant classic and is it was tough putting it at three, but I mean, you're up against my boy Booker T and Eddie Guerrero. I'm sorry, Chris. Those are two of your favorites. It's all right. <laughs> if there was, there's, there's going to be some that for those of you who don't follow the YouTube channel, you definitely should. There's going to be some where we make these arguments of like, it's number one because it's my favorite and that's okay. It's subjective. That's what we come out with. This list is subjective. It's not true. It's not fact. It's just our opinion. And you can let us know your opinion on social media, and I'll tell you where you can find us, because I know that when I put Judas at one, there's a certain sector of wrestling fans that were very upset about that. So let us know on Twitter and Instagram. And Juice, where can the people do that? So first you go to Twitter, you type capital T, capital O, capital T, capital C, underscore capital P, lowercase O, lowercase D, and then you head over on Instagram, you know, you just click on the different app and you type capital T. Uh, you don't do, don't, don't do that. Capital, sorry. Lowercase, lowercase T, lowercase O, T, C, underscore, P, O, D. That's your Instagram handle. Yes. And as we come crashing down to the map on this episode of Top of the Cage, we want to thank you all so much for tuning in. And if you are listening to us on Apple or Spotify, you do not leave us a five-star review. That means that you, specifically you, that person that leaving us that five-star review will not get five-star content. And that is just a fact. Fact. And again, thank you all so much for tuning in. And we will catch you next time.